Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. Looking up some quotes by uh, Mark Twain with Samuel Clemens, but Mark Twain, he said some things that just kind of hit me. I'll just share a couple with you today. Uh, one of the oh, one of the things he said was he said if you if you don't read the newspaper, you're misinformed. You're uninformed. If you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. I thought that was cute. But he also said this. He said if well, I make make sure I say this. If you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. That's good, isn't it? If you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. And he also said, this, this, I looked this up because this applies to today's message. He said, the two most important days in your life are the day you're born and the day you find out why. So I want to share with you today about why you may be born. Hallelujah. You know, in Psalm 139, there's a scripture that's one of my favorites in the, in the whole Bible. So you can find it real quick. Psalm 139. Talks about the... Uh, the omniscience of God, the omnipresence of God, no matter where you go, you can't hide from him. He knows everything. He formed you in your inward parts. He said, my frame was, I'll just read a couple of verses in Psalm 139, uh, verse 15 and 16. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance and in your book, were all written, the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. Amazing scripture. Before I even took a breath, before you even took your first breath, God had a plan for your life. He knew from all eternity, he knew that you were going to be born, when you were going to be born, what sex you were going to be. And he had a call and he's got a, he's got a purpose for your life on the earth. In your book were all written, the days that were ordained for me, when, when as yet... There was not one of them. Jeremiah said he was called while he was still in his mother's womb. Well, he was, you know, he, he had a plan, and a, God had a plan and a purpose for his life. And I just want to talk to you, just I want to share with you for a little bit this morning about the favor of God, God's favor. And uh, you know, when I looked it up, it's interesting to me that uh, the word for grace in the Bible, in Greek, is charis, C-H-A-R-I-S. The word for favor is charis, C-H-A-R-I-S. It's the same word. It can be translated. And you know what I thought? Yeah, because that makes sense to me because what's the, what's the kind of traditional uh, definition of grace? God's unmerited favor. Something that God gives you that you didn't earn, that you can't earn, and you don't deserve. And there's something about, you know, grace, favor is a gift from God. 
So it's not something that I can, uh, that I can receive. I, it has to be given to me. It's not something that I can get myself. God, but God will give you grace if you're living for him. You know, and what I, I, I look at my own life, and when I've been getting ready to, for the, with this word, I look at my own life, and I, I, I'm so thankful to God for what he's done in, in our lives, in my, for me. I, I can't believe that, I, that what, I pinch myself sometimes because, to me, God has done so much for my, my wife and I and our family. People always say, oh, your family is really something. I said, no, we're not something. God's something. Because he took, he took a, a couple that were just really a mess and, and just changed our whole lives around. Blessed us with children, uh, forgave us our sins, called us into ministry. And, and God has just done so much in our lives. I can't express with my own words how, much, how, how grateful I am to him. How, how in awe I am of him. But he's, he'll do that for anybody who'll live for him. You know, <clears throat> God's... But, you can't, you can't make favor come. That's a gift from God. But you can put yourself in a position to be, uh, to be more readily available to God. That's not the right word. You can put yourself in a position where uh, God is more likely to favor you by how you live. And I just want to look at how God uses favor on people. I want to turn with me this morning to turn to the book of Esther, a wonderful story. Esther. In the book of Esther, God shows his om omniscience. Uh, because he knows the future, he can make provision to, to assure that it turns out the way he desires. God knows the future, and God puts people in place so that he can use them for his purposes. But you know the story of Esther. There's a king uh, named Ahasuerus, and he, uh, the king throws a party, and they're all, there's just a bunch of uh, yahoos, they're all drunk and, and been drunk for a few days, and the, the, king, the king says, uh, Call the, call the queen. You know, the men had their own parties, the women had their own parties. And the king says, call the queen. Get her in here and have her dance before us. Uh, I, I, I just want her to show off her beauty. And the queen says, no way, I'm not going. I'm not going to go dance for those bunch of drunk yahoos. I mean, I'm not going to be eye candy for them. I'm not going. And so she refuses. And the king says, well, what are you gonna, we, we can't put up with that. We can't have women rebelling. We can't have women's independence. We need to keep women under our feet. Somebody say amen. No, don't. <laughs> they better not say amen. So she's replaced. I don't know if this applies, but, you know, if God's got a call on someone's life and, and they won't do what God wants them to do, God will replace him. Saul. You know, God, God chose a king for the nation of Israel. His name was Saul. But Saul disobeys God. Let me just, let me just read you this scripture. Keep your finger where, where, where Esther is. But let me just read you this. Let me just put my bookmark. Turn with me to 1 Kings. I mean, 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel. 
First Samuel 13. Listen, listen, 1 Samuel 13, 13. And Samuel said to Saul, You have acted foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded, which he commanded you. For now, listen, for now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. I mean, he eventually did that through David, but his original plan was for Saul. I would have, I would have established your kingdom over Israel for, forever if you'd have obeyed me. But you didn't. So now I'm pulling your anointing, I'm pulling your position. But now your kingdom shall not endure. The Lord has, bought, has sought for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has appointed him as ruler over his people. Because you've not, you've not kept what the Lord commanded you. So Saul had God's favor for a while, but when he disobeyed, the favor lifted. It, it matters how we live on this earth. If you, want, if you want the favor of God, if you want to be in a position for the favor of God to come, you have to, you have to live right. You have to serve God. You know, I was thinking, that's uh, one of the, uh, where's all the young people? Where'd they go? I'll, I'll talk to them. Yeah, there you go. There's a young one right back there. There you go. It matters how you live for God. The, the devil wants to convince, especially young people, the devil wants to convince them that if they live for God, they're going to miss out on all the fun that life has to offer. You can't go to parties. Your life is going to be dull and boring. It's going to be, you know, you're not going to have any fun. All the other kids are going to be having fun. You're going to just going to be left out. All, this, all these thoughts come to them. But I tell you, when you, if you live for God, you open yourself up to the favor of God. And the favor of God comes on your life, and then you're blessed, and they, and, and, and they, don't, they can't figure it out. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm going to... Listen, Proverbs chapter 3. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart, so you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. Live right and you'll find favor with God and favor with man. A good man will obtain favor from the Lord, but he will condemn the man who does evil. I tell you, when you live for God, God you, you set yourself up to be blessed. I've seen that throughout the scriptures. God blesses those who live for him, who's willing to take up their cross and walk after him in holiness and fear of the Lord and righteousness all the days of their life. The Lord favors those who fear him. It says in Psalm 147, the Lord favors those who fear him, those who wait for his loving kindness. Uh, you know, don't, don't believe the lies of the devil that says, you know, you, you, living for God is boring. It's not boring. It's, it's, it's the greatest blessing anybody can have. And he'll pour out his blessing on you. And one of my favorite scriptures again in the Bible is Psalm 5, verse 11 and 12. Let all those who put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. For thou, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. Will you compass them as with a shield? God will surround you with his favor if you live for him. The best thing you can do is live for God. Because not only are you going to heaven, but God will bless you on the earth. He'll bless your life. He'll, keep, he'll provide you. He'll bless your children. He'll bless your family. He'll just bless everything you set your hand to if you live for him. He will because he loves you. He'll pour out his favor upon you. I'm going back to Esther. Esther chapter 2. 
So they do away with Vashti. God replaces her. If, if, we don't do, if you don't do what God calls you to do, God will replace you. He replaced Saul. You know, you, you know the story, the, the testimony of Reinhard Bunke. At, when he was a young man, God, the Lord came to, well, I don't know if it was not a visit, but the Lord spoke to him and said, I've given you Africa. And he said, me? God, why me? You know, you know what the Lord said to him? He said, I've tried to give it to two others, and he said, no. They refused. And you know, we're not going to, in the end, we're not going to get judged by what we did. We're going to get judged by what God called us to do. It can be a big difference. You know, someone can say, well, I don't want to do that. I want to do this. I'm going to go do it. Well, you can go do it your whole life. But it says in 1 Corinthians, you know, it's wood, hay, and stubble. It's going to get burned up. The only thing that's going to make it is what God, if we're doing what God asks us to do. Not what we want to do. That's worth the price of admission right there. It's true. You know. Try to give a name. Final quest. Who wrote final quest? Rick Turner. Thank you. I don't know why I just, I lose a name. Rick Joyner wrote in Final Quest. He said when he, when he, he had, he went, God took him to heaven and he saw people that had certain, they had rank and position in heaven according to how the, obedient they'd been to the Lord. It's not just about on the earth, it's just forever. And there was a man up there that he, that he considered a, a great, a great minister, had a tremendous ministry on the earth. Internationally known, wrote many books, powerful ministry. And he had a low position in heaven. And one thing he said, he, one thing I found out when I went to heaven is heaven has a whole different set of history books than the earth. You know, we, we praise people for big, you know, someone has a big ministry, they touch a lot of people. We say, oh, wow, what a powerful, but that may, it may not be what God called him to do. This man was, had written many books, was influential in many Christian circles, but he had a low position in heaven. He said, why? He said, Yes, why, why, why are you down here? Why aren't you up at a higher place? He said, I didn't do what God called me to do. God called me to mentor young men like you. He had, no, he had known them when he was a young Christian. God called me to mentor men like you. But I didn't want to mentor young Christians because they make mistakes and they, they, they do things that might embarrass the ministry. I didn't want that. I want to write books. So I wrote books. But that's not what God called me to do. And so I'm in a low position. I'm still in heaven. I'm still in heaven forever, praise the Lord. But I'm not, I'm not in a position where I could have been because I didn't, do, I didn't do what God primarily called me to do. I want to do my own thing. It's crucial that we find out what God wants us to do and do it. He's got a plan and a purpose for all of our lives. All we have to do is say, God, here I am. Take me, Lord. I submit myself to you. I submit myself to your plan and purpose for my life. I walk after, I take up my cross daily and follow you, Lord, with all my heart. And God will bless you. He will. In Esther, in Esther chapter 2 and verse 7. It says, Esther was beautiful in form and face. She was a beautiful young lady. But God made her beautiful for a reason. 
because so she'd be attractive to the king. And in verse 9, it says she found favor. So, they, so when, when, the queen, when the queen was pulled from her position, they, they, uh, they held a beauty contest. We're going to hold a beauty contest. And uh, we're going to take all the beautiful women. We're going to bring them in here, whether they want to or not. And uh, we're going we're gonna to give them cause. We're going to fix them all up. We're going to give them a makeover. We're going to send them in with the king. And the one that pleases the king is going to become queen. They, they sure do things different than we do today. So in verse 9 it says she found favor with Haggai, who was the head of the, the harem, you might say. She found favor. What's, what is favor? I found this definition I like. Favor is the, is the attraction of God to you. God's attracted to you. So that you will release, so that he can release an influence through you to affect other people. When favor is on you, people, people will just like you. They'll want to be around you. They're, they're drawn to you. It's a, it's a supernatural thing. When God puts his favor on somebody, people are just drawn to him. They just want to be around him. They want to listen to him. They want to hear what they have to say. And you can't make people like you, but God will make people like you. And he'll, he'll do it for a purpose. So God favors you because it it's always has to do with your assignment, with what God's called you to do. So whatever the, whatever the favor is on you, it's because, of, it's because of your assignment. It's to support you in the assignment that God has for you. For example, in Daniel, in Daniel chapter 1, it says that Daniel found favor and compassion with the chief official. The one that was training the, the captives. In Daniel, verse, in Daniel chapter 10, twice, God says, Oh, Daniel, greatly beloved. But God loves us all, but God doesn't favor everyone the same. God's love is the same for everyone, but depending on how we live, positions us for God's favor. And some please God more than others by their lifestyle. And those that please him, God is inclined to release his favor toward them. So Esther finds favor with, with the chief uh, of the harem. And one thing, to re one thing that's important to remember is that you don't always have to have favor with, uh, with, the, with the king, with the leader, with the boss. All you have to do is have favor with someone who knows the boss. You know, Joseph, I look at Joseph's life. Joseph didn't have favor with Pharaoh. But he had favor with the Pharaoh's baker. No, wine. The wine, the wine, the wine taster. He had, he had favor with Pharaoh's wine taster. And when Pharaoh had a dream and no one could interpret it, the wine, the wine taster said, wait a minute, I met this guy in jail. Uh, he interprets dreams. So he could speak to Pharaoh on Joseph's behalf. So you don't always have to have favor with the highest rank. You just have to have favor with somebody who knows somebody. And they'll speak in your behalf, and God will still get done through you what he wants to get done. Esther finds favor, and then she finds favor with the king. Again, favor. God putting his affection on you in the heart of someone else. Nehemiah was the cupbearer to the king. In the story of Nehemiah, the one that God called to rebuild the walls. 
He was a cupbearer to the king. God had favored him. God had promoted him so that he would, he would have the ear of the king. And when he came into the king one day looking kind of sad, and the king said, Nehemiah, what's the problem? He said, oh, my heart's broken for my city, Jerusalem. The walls are torn down. Everything's a mess. And the king says, what do you want? He said, well, I want to go there and rebuild the walls. The king said, I'll send you. I'll give you everything you need. Favor. The favor of God to do what you're called to do. So Esther is prepared. She keeps her nationality a secret. She's Jewish, but Mordecai, her, her, her uncle Mordecai says, no, uh, don't, don't, reveal your, don't reveal your nationality. So she stays kind of covertly hidden. I, I, believe, I believe there's some covert Christians uh, in government and other places. You know, and don't get mad at them because they're not being vocal about their faith. They'll be vocal when God tells them to be vocal. Sometimes you have to just be a little bit covert. So Esther is prepared. She goes into the king. The king loves her and the king promotes her. So now she's the queen. And she's in a position for God to use her to deliver his people. Esther's beauty is all in the plan of God to get a Jew in position to save the people. God has an assignment for Esther. Initially, I believe she probably has no clue as to why she's picked. She probably just feels that she's beautiful and uh, her, her beauty is all that matters. But God moves on her behalf to position her for her future. He makes her beautiful. He makes her attractive in appearance, in her personality, and in her demeanor. So that she'll find favor and be promoted. I tell you, that's what God will do for anyone who lives for him. God will bless you. God will give you favor with those who you need favor with. And it's not always spiritual. God will bless you in the, in the, in the natural world. He'll promote you if you live for him. He'll, you'll find favor with your boss. You'll find favor with your neighbors. You'll find favor with your extended family and your friends. When you're living for God, God will open doors for you along the way. But here's, well, here's one thing to remember. When you, a lot of times when favor comes, so does opposition. Daniel was favored by God. But they came against him. They tried to, they tried to, they tried to kill him by getting him to, into lion's den. In Matthew chapter 20, there's a parable. Jesus tells a parable about a landowner who goes out and uh, hires servants at the beginning of the day. Daily workers. You know, when we go to, when we go to California to visit our son, the motel, very often the motel we stay in is about just three or four miles from his house. <clears throat> but as you drive there, you go past a, a Home Depot. And if you, every day in front of that Home Depot, there might be a half a dozen to a dozen men just standing around waiting for someone to come by and hire them. Happens every single, they're there every single day. So here's these guys. They come to the, the landowner, the vineyard owner comes and he says, Go work in my vineyard at the beginning of the day. It's a 12-hour day. He comes back after the third hour. He finds more. He sends them into the vineyard. He says, I'll pay you what's fair. He 
comes back to six in the ninth hour and hires more. Finally, with one hour left in the day, on the 11th hour, he comes, and he still finds a couple of guys hanging around. He says, what are you doing hanging around? He says, well, no one's hired us. He said, go into my vineyard and work, and I'll pay you what's fair. So they go into the vineyard. An hour later, the day's over. They're all coming to get paid. And he puts the first, you know, the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. So he takes the last, and he puts them first. And when they come to get paid, he gives them a denarius, which is one day's pay for labor. He gives them a denarius. Everybody else in line figures, whoa, this is great. If the guys that worked an hour got a whole denarius, we're certainly going to get more. We've been working all day. But when it comes to their turn to get paid, what do they get? One denarius. And they get mad. They get upset. And the landowner says, that's what I told you I'd pay you. And you're just getting what I said. But they got mad. They got jealous because somebody else got blessed more than they do. And it's very, it's easy when someone, when you see someone else has, has the favor of God in their life and God's using them and God's blessing them, you got to be careful you don't get jealous. You got to be careful you don't get upset that somebody else is getting something that you, that maybe you've been praying for. You know, how, how many times it seems like somebody, somebody with, uh, with, owns two or three cars, and they go to the local whatever store, and they're the millionth customer, and they win another car. And the guy right behind him in line is somebody who doesn't even have a car, needs one. You know, it, just, it just seems to work out that way sometimes. But you can't get mad, you can't get upset when God blesses somebody. It's a test. I remember years ago, we were, we were at a, a service at what was then Spirit and Life Church. It was still out on uh, West Rome, when Pastor Johnny Nichols was there. And he had a, a pastor from, from Florida named uh, Dr. Ed Bez. Remember? Dr. Bez. And he was talking about, he had a church in Florida. He said, for 20 years, I've been pastoring that church, doing everything I know to do to, to get people saved and come into the kingdom. We had about 100, 150 people in his church. He says, and this young man, after about 20 years, this young man comes and, and, he, and, he, and he jokingly, sarcastically said, he said, and he was from Ramah. He was a Ramah grad. He, he wasn't real big on the Word of Faith movement. And this young man that came was from the Word of Faith movement, so he was kind of, you know, a little bit like, oh, had a little bit of disdain toward him. He said he was a Ramah grad. He starts a church, and in six months, he's got 500 people. I've been laboring there for 20 years. I got 150. He comes, and six months later, he's got 500 people. He says, boy, it made me, I was upset. And then God showed him. You can only, you can only have what God show, gives you. And to whom much is given, much is required. So he said, I just had to be content with who God had made me. The anointing on my life. What God had given, whatever God gives me, that's fine. I'll take it, and I'll be happy. And if God chooses to give me more, fine. But he can't give me more if I'm going to be upset and jealous over someone who has a different or what seems to be a greater anointing or greater favor from God than I do. So you have to be careful that you don't get jealous on, for others, for the life that God has called them to. Because everyone has their own, uh, their own uh, road to, to walk in Jesus' name. So, you know the story of Esther. This wicked Haman rises up. He wants to kill the people. He wants to kill the Jews. Esther holds a, a dinner for the king. And Haman is revealed as the one who wants to kill the Jews. And the Jews are delivered. So, favor. 
because of God's favor on her. He had her in the right place at the right time to, do, to save the Jewish people. And God does it. God will give favor to someone and put them in the right place for him to accomplish his purposes on the earth. Favor is given to an individual. David was a man after God's own heart. Why did, he, why did God love David so much? Because David loved him so much. God showed him, God gave him favor and made him the king. God shows favor on us to draw us into a relationship. When you realize how much God loves you, when you realize how much, how much he's blessed you, it makes you want him more. Makes you want him to draw, it makes, you, makes you want to draw closer to him, to thank him, just to love him more. You can't help it. When God blesses you and blesses you and blesses you, you just want to, you just want to bless him. You just want to tell him how much you love him. You just want to say, God, thank you. I just bless you for blessing me. But it, when God favors you, it draws you into a deeper relationship with him because of the thankfulness that you have. And God will bless you because he wants to bless others through you. There'll be a grace on our life to bless others so that others will be blessed. So, my message this morning is live for God. Live for God with all your heart. Serve Him. Say no to the world and to the flesh and to the desires that are not His. Separate yourself from the things of the world and live for Him. Put yourself in a position to, be, to receive His favor and His favor will come upon you. It will. And He'll bless your socks off. And you'll just walk around saying, Thank you, God. Father, we thank you. We bless you for your, for your goodness, for your favor toward us, for calling us and using us for your purposes on the earth. We, your people, surrender to your ways and to your will. We thank you, Lord, for your favor coming upon your people, for blessing us and using us in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.